Well, great to see you all. Uh, it's good to be back. It's really good to be back. So thank you for having me back. <laughs> um, if you don't know, if you didn't know, I had a sabbatical the end of last year from beginning of October to the end of last year. And I just, I wanted to start by just simply saying, saying thank you actually for that. That was a real blessing. It was, it was needed. <laughs> I knew I needed it and, and it was a blessing to take it. So thank you. If you're at the communication evening tomorrow evening, I'll be showing a little bit more about what I got up to and what God was saying and stuff like that during the sabbatical. So um, do join us if you can tomorrow evening for that. I just wanted to, to acknowledge that last year was a tough year, wasn't it? For us as a church community, last year was a, was a tough year. And, um, and there's no getting away from it. It was difficult. And there's lots of stuff happened that was really challenging for, for all of us. And um, I wanted to acknowledge that. I didn't want to hide from that at the beginning of this new year. It was, it was difficult in many ways. But we do sense as leaders that at the start of this new calendar year, God is doing something new with us. Does anyone else feel it? Good. Because we really sense that, that God is doing something new with us that's coincided with the start of this year. There's been a new sense of God's presence, I feel, in our gatherings since the beginning of January. We've, we're there again today, weren't we? Just in God's presence, worshipping. It's just been really beautiful. So praise God for that. There's been this sense of, of a deepening family feel that we want to see grow more and more. I think it started already. We've talked a lot about it. We're about to do a series where we're talking about the church, the body of Christ as a whole, but also what does it mean for us in the hub? What does that sense of family, that sense of deepening relationship really mean for us? And that's exciting as well, isn't it? And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. And another thing that just for me has been really encouraging this year so far has just been the depth and the amount of the prophetic that God has been speaking, the prophetic words that have come through, I think have been really encouraging. And God was speaking again today, wasn't he? Through some, and just, I love that, just beautiful words today. I love that sense of the crown. I know that Karen wanted, you bought this, didn't you, Karen, wherever you are? Is Karen around? Karen went and bought this because just sense of, God speaking about the crown, and it's probably not my, my kind of thing. It might not look, may not, may not, may not be the best, best fit on me, but what a powerful image of the crown and straightening that crown and who we are before God. And I, I, that word, Nancy, was just beautiful about the, the key in the gate and the dirt and the grime and the rust, just as that key turned and that being cleared out, the light coming in. And then as Phil followed up with the curtain being torn, that passage from Hebrews, the access we have. God is speaking to us, isn't he? And it's really exciting when God speaks because there's this sense of actually God is talking to us and God wants to do something with us. And we need to listen, don't we? We need to listen, all of us. It's, yeah, there's a responsibility for the leaders to weigh and to really try and grasp what God is saying to us. But I think there's a responsibility for all of us to say, hey, God, what, what is God saying to us as a community? How can I play my part in our response to that? There's two prophetic words that had come in probably since about late November, early December, uh, and, and onwards that I just feel have been really significant for us as a church, and I'm going to read them. 
Uh, one of them, the first one's from my wife, actually, Tracy. And uh, the second one is from Karen, Karen Valder. Um, I haven't just chosen them because it's my wife and my sister-in-law. Um, but they just, it just happens to be that. But I just feel that these two words in particular, for me, just really s- captured something of what God's been saying to us over this last month or so. So the first one from Tracy says this. I saw a racetrack, and she said, think Formula One. So I saw a racetrack. The race had clearly been paused as the safety car was on the track, and all the cars were following behind, going at the same uniform pace around and around the track. Something had clearly happened, and the safety car was there, slowing things down and protecting. But then I saw a flag being waved, and the safety car came off the track. I felt God was saying, it's time to lose the safety car, to restart the race, and begin taking risks. It's time to lose the safety car, to restart the race, and begin taking risks. And then Karen's word was this. I saw people jumping out of an aeroplane in free fall, but then deploying parachutes. I felt God say that this has been us as a church with what we've been through. The parachutes were needed to help us and protect us, but it's time to cut away the strings. I then saw people hiding under their parachutes, wrapping them around themselves, but they were in the enemy's field. I felt God say that those parachutes are no longer bringing us safety, And we're vulnerable to the enemy whilst we lie there. I saw people getting up, running towards the Father, not looking behind or to the side, but straight ahead. My sense was that it's time to move into action, not look back, or we're in more danger. Really interesting word. We've jumped and these parachutes have helped us to land safely. But we don't want to just lie there on the ground with these parachutes over us, thinking we're kind of safe somehow under there. There's a sense of actually we need to cut those parachutes away and move forward, move into action. So those two words really, I feel, is speaking to us as a community about, yes, it's been a tough year, but actually there's there's some movement that God is calling us to that we need to press into something new. And when there's a wave, you've got to decide, are you going to ride that wave or are you going to let it pass by? Because if you pause and if you let it go, then you miss it. And we don't want to in any way kind of say, look, we're drawing a line under what's happened in the church and we're just, that's it, you know, we're, we're just not going to think about it, we're going to forget it, we're just going to pretend it didn't happen. That's not what we're saying. I know that some people are still really sad about what's happened. But I believe that God is saying that there's a new season. I believe that God is saying there's a new wave coming. And are we going to lose the safety car to restart the race and begin taking risks? (coughs) So what could this new wave be? What could this moving into action? What could the losing the safety car, restarting the race, what could that mean? Well, I've sensed that God's been speaking to me recently about power, about his power. And I think power is something of what God wants to do in us 
as a community. Amen? Wouldn't that be good? (laughs) But you know, the world craves power for itself. When we think of power, and if we think about it in a worldly sense, we can think about things like promotions at work, bringing us more power over other people. If we somehow can get a new promotion, then we'll just be a little bit more powerful. We can maybe lord it over some other people. If we can earn a little bit more money, if we can get that promotion, if we can be a little bit better off or in a better position, then maybe we can exert some sort of control over, over other people. Maybe we can, again, lord it over people a little bit. Or you hear that phrase, knowledge is power. That if we can somehow just learn a little bit more, if we can somehow have a bit more information up here, then we know a little bit more, and then we become a little bit powerful, more powerful, because knowledge is power. But if we think in that kind of way, then we think about building power for ourselves. And that's just not what the kingdom of God is about at all. A life following Jesus means that we're happy to give up any kind of sense of power for ourselves and allow God's power to work in and through us. Because it's all about his glory and not ours, amen? And so, when we think about power, as followers of Jesus, we've got to think in that way, I believe. That it's all about God's power, it's nothing to do with our power. And I believe that the Christian life should be marked by the power of God. We should regularly see the power of God at work in and through us. If we're constantly feeling powerless, if we're constantly feeling ineffective, or maybe even spiritually dead, then maybe it's time we come before God afresh. Maybe we need to kneel before the cross and say, Lord, I need your power at work in me. I don't want to be dead. I want to be alive in you. I know I want that. I know I need that so many occasions. More of the power of God at work if we're going to see lives touched. So please, Lord, don't let us become religious and dead. But let your power be at work in us. Amen. So I want to focus on some New Testament verses, just three verses I felt God lay on my heart that talk about power. And let's see what God wants to do in us this afternoon. These verses, they focus on the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through us. But they focus on the power of the gospel as well. It's something that God's really been talking to me about, the power that's contained within the gospel message, the power that's contained within the Holy Spirit that lives in all of us who've given our lives to him. That's one area that I believe that God really wants to use me in, and I'm going to unpack that a little bit later. But I'd encourage you to think about, as I'm speaking, what area of power is God at work in your life? It might be a similar thing. You might feel inspired by what I say, or you might think, actually, it's slightly different for me. This is an area that God's working in my life in power. And that's okay. But I believe that God wants to work in all of us to increase his power that's at work in us. So the first one then, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says this, but you will receive power. You'll receive power. 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I've quoted that verse many times from here. Because for me, it's just, it's incredible, isn't it? Here is Jesus about to ascend, about to send the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and he says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. For what? In order that you can be my witnesses. In the area you're in at the moment, in Jerusalem, that's where the disciples were, and then into Judea, Samaria, and ultimately to the ends of the earth, everywhere. But note that, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. If you're a follower of Jesus, Holy Spirit lives in you. There's power in you. There is power in you. Because the Holy Spirit is power. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 says this, For I am not, this is Paul, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. The Jews, that nation of Israel that we read about God forming in the Old Testament. And then Paul's talking not just about the Jews, but about the Gentiles, basically everyone else. (laughs) Jew and Gentile, when you read about Jew and Gentile in the Bible, it's talking about everyone, really. And Paul has talked in that passage in Romans chapter 1, before we get to verse 16, he's talked about his desire and this burden he has from God to preach the gospel to all the Gentiles. It's got to go to everyone. And he says, I'm not ashamed of that gospel. In my desire to see everybody hear the gospel, I'm not ashamed of it. Why? Because it's the power of God for the salvation to everyone who hears that gospel and turns and believes on Jesus. It's the power of God, the gospel. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Again, the message of the cross This message of Christ crucified. It sounds crazy to those who don't get it. It sounds crazy to those who have chosen not to believe. What kind of king would do that? This crazy preacher guy hangs on a cross and you're all putting your faith on him. It's foolishness. But to those of us who see it, to those of us who have that revelation of who Jesus truly is, that message of the cross. There's power in it because it's leading to our salvation. Amen. So I've um, been on a little bit of a journey myself in terms of sharing faith. I've, um, for a number of years now, really carried a bit of a passion, or quite a passion, (laughs) to share my faith with other people. And for quite a long time, I, I thought that if I... If I talk about faith, or maybe talk about church, because that's a little bit safer, (laughs) then combined with hopefully the way I live my life, people will see that and will be like, ah, okay, so he goes to church and hopefully they're saying he's a nice guy and so 
I'm going to get involved in that church as well then. And to be honest, I haven't seen that happen. And so I thought, I'm going to get much more intentional about sharing the gospel. I'm going to get much more intentional about telling people about Christ crucified, Christ risen, Christ glorified, and wanting to make a difference and bring new life into, into your life. Decided to become a lot more intentional about sharing that message. And since I've been doing that over the last maybe year or so, I've just seen so much more happen than before. And maybe it's no wonder. Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. The Holy Spirit in me to enable me, to help me, to witness to Christ everywhere I go. And so I've been much more intentional about sharing that. And there was a, a chap, at one, of the, one of the parents at the swimming pool, and I was sharing, I've been sharing faith with him quite a lot over the last nine months or so. And he was one where I thought, I'm going to be much more intentional about sharing the gospel with him, and I did. And as a result, maybe not just that, there's other things I'm sure at work, but he decided to come on the Alpha course that we just ran at the end of, of last, last year. And so I was on my sabbatical. He was on Alpha. And then just a few weeks ago, I, I caught up with him at the pool. And I said, look, how was Alpha? And he explained that he really felt blessed by it and encouraged and challenged. And, and so I said, look, is, is that the end of your journey with that? Do you, do you want to just stop there or do you want to carry on meeting? And, and, and he said, well, I'd like to carry on meeting. And so I told him a little bit about Discovery Bible Study. He really wants to do it. So I said, look, do you want to do that just you and me? Or do you want to do that in a group? And he said, well, Alpha was in a group, and I loved that. So it would be great if we could have a few other people and explore it as, as a group. That would be brilliant. So I was like, right, a group. Come on. And um, there's been a few others at the, at the swimming pool that I've been sharing the gospel with. And so I just thought, I'm going to be bold. I'm just going to start asking people. And I tried to use as, as little kind of religious language as I could. And I just went to a few people and said, look, I'm starting this little group. And we're going to look at some stories about Jesus with some other people that are interested in exploring faith. Would you like to join us? And I've asked about five or six other people. And they've all said yes. And one of them even said, yes, I'd really like to. Can I bring some other people? <laughs> And I was like, yes, <laughs> of course you can. And so we're essentially looking at starting two different groups because of availability and stuff. And you know what? I've just been so encouraged by it. That I'm just thinking, maybe I'll just keep asking people. <laughs> and if everyone's going to say yes, then wouldn't that be incredible just to see loads of new groups started? And why not? Lord, wh where do you want to take this? Holy Spirit inside of us. Where do you want to go? In John 3, it says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. The Holy Spirit blows where the Holy Spirit wants to blow. His power is at work. Are we going to be like, well, let's just go. and Let's just see where this goes. So I want to see where it goes. And um, then a friend of mine who I was in the police with, worked with him for a number of years. Haven't seen him much for the last eight years since I left the police. And, um, but I bump into him every now and again in, in Sainsbury's. 
weirdly. Every few months, I bump into him in Sainsbury's. And we keep saying, let's go for a drink. And uh, it never happens. And so a couple of weeks ago, just after this conversation with the, with the chap at the swimming pool, who'd done Alpha, I met my friend from the police in Sainsbury's. And we said, oh, we should, we should get that drink. And I said, look, have you got your diary now? And he said, yes. And I said, let's do it, because if we don't put it in the diary, it's just we're going to meet here in three months' time and say the same thing, aren't we? So we got the diaries out, and it, and it just so worked out we were free two days later on the Sunday. And so I came, it was a couple of weeks ago, I came after, after the, the service we had here, and I went and met him for a drink. And um, we started talking and catching up. And he said, he said look, my, he talked about a family member, and he said, they're really unwell. And they, he said, they, they go to church. And, um, and I remember you talking about your faith when you're in the police. And, they, and he said, I, I, I need to know where, what's going to happen to this, this family member if, if she dies. And then he said, and more to the point, I need to know what's going to happen to me. And he said, Andy, can you right now tell me all about your faith? And in his words, he said, give it to me large. Don't hold back. I want to know everything. And so for about half an hour, 45 minutes, I just shared about Jesus with him. And he said, give it to me large. He said, don't hold back. So I didn't. And I told him about the cross. I told him about the resurrection told him all about Jesus. And he's one of these that might do a DBS with us, Discovery Bible Study. We'll see. But I've never had that before, where someone said to me, just, to, just tell me. Don't hold back. Don't sugarcoat it. Just tell me what it is. I need to know about it. And I honestly believe if we put ourselves in a position where we're saying, actually, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to share the gospel with people. And the Holy Spirit will bring people to us. I really believe it. And, and I see it happening. And I know other people here who do the same, who have the same testimony. That when you decide, I'm going to share with people, then God brings people across your path. Wouldn't it be great if we saw no, loads of new groups start? people wanting to explore faith. Wouldn't it be great if we saw a new level of passion? I think we are already as we gather together. Wouldn't it be great if we could really crack this family thing? What, what does it really mean to be a church family together, to support one another, to share life together, to do this together in order that we can be released into all that God has for us? Remember, I'm talking about the, the area that I just really feel like God wants to work through me and empower. And I know there's other people that share that as well. It might be different for you. But wouldn't it be amazing to restart the race? I believe God's taking that safety car off. Wouldn't it be great to say, we're restarting this race. We're going to start taking some risks. We're going to cut that parachute away. We're going to run to the Father. We're not going to look to the sides. We're going to look to the Father and run into all that he has for us. Wouldn't that be exciting? The church in Acts was born in Pentecost. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, they preached the gospel. There's that amazing passage in Acts 2 where Peter preaches about Christ crucified, Christ risen. 3,000 get saved that day. (laughs) 
They formed genuine community. They grew rapidly with people coming to faith, joining the church every day. At the end of Acts 2, we read about the Lord added to their number daily those that have been saved. In this genuine community around Christ, with Christ at the center, like Nancy's picture about the ring, with Christ there. All of us holding Christ in place. That genuine church community that sees people added daily. I'm convinced that the best church community we could ever have, the most genuine church community we could ever have, is not somehow hunkering down and just just being about us. Yeah? The most genuine church community we could have, I believe, is to say we're going to stand with one another. We're going to share life with one another. We're going to support one another. But it's all for the growth of his kingdom. It's all to see Christ glorified. It's all to see his Holy Spirit poured out in power and lives changed. I believe that's the most genuine church community that we could build together. It's a launch pad for growth. Could that be something about the risk that God is calling us to take in this new season, in this new year, as we cut away those parachutes, hiding no longer and pressing in? So there's two things that I believe God wants us to do. There's more, of course, but two things I wanted to raise today. One, an increase in power in all of our lives. Increase in the power of God at work. What does that mean for you? For me, it means an outworking of the sharing of the gospel with people. What does it mean for you? And number two, genuine community with the power of God at work that leads to rapid growth, like we see in the Church of Acts. And just as I finish... I just think it's really important to highlight one thing. And the Apostle Paul does it brilliantly in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says this, and it's, and it's in the context of he's got this, he talks about a thorn in his side. Some sort of presumably spiritual thing that's going on, thorn in his side that's just holding him down, weighing him down, causing issues, maybe even slowing stuff down. And he says this, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. And he's not strong by anything within himself other than Christ's power. For Christ's power is made perfect in weakness. It's not about us trying to become stronger in ourselves. It's about allowing the power of Christ to work through us. And if we feel weak, 
then I totally believe God is like, great. <laughs> now he's realizing it's about my power and not about anything else within himself or herself. It's about the power of Jesus at work. So I'd love us to respond. I'd love us to pray. I'd love us to minister to one another if that's what God has for us. And I just simply want to put out there, if you want to respond to either of those two things that I've said in terms of an increase in power in your life. If you're saying, actually, Lord, maybe I am a little bit ineffective at the moment. Maybe I feel a little bit powerless. Maybe even I feel spiritually dead. If you can relate to any of that, then maybe this evening there's a sense that you need to come before God and say, Lord, I know this is not about my power. This is about your power. But please, I need an increase of the power of God in my life.